0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning, also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Well the weekend is back yes the first weekend for August the sixth day for 2022 and coming up this morning we're going to be talking shortly with Carlos Cacho everything from mortgage buffers to mortgage defaults bank serviceability of mortgages being eroded and a whole lot more if you're celebrating a birthday for today the 6th of August have a great Saturday have a great weekend you share it on the same day as Andy Warhol well that's if Andy was still alive of course he's not he was born on this day back in 1928 and checking on the history books, unfortunately, a very infamous day on this day in 1945, in one of only two times nuclear weapons have been used in warfare, the United States drops a nuclear bomb on the industrial city of Hiroshima in Japan. Over 150,000 people were killed. And after the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings, three days later, Japan surrenders to the Allies and that ended the Pacific War. And on a brighter note, coming up next, we'll have a look at your weather around Australia.
0: It's your weekend real estate breakfast, a serial-sized podcast about what's happening in your local backyard every Saturday morning on The Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au.
1: And good morning if you're in Sydney this morning expecting a fine day with sunshine and 20 degrees. Melbourne a few more showers, not a bad temperature with 15 Brisbane expects some morning rain and 25 degrees is your forecast high and in Perth the showers increasing today and your high of 18 degrees.
0: We are just as addicted to property as you are every weekday morning from 6.30
1: Well it seems like we have had a very busy long week and thankfully the weekend has arrived the rate increased of course on Tuesday and since then so many talking points regarding when are we likely to be coming out of what is a very uncertain time in the housing property market. Of course, the answer to that is just as uncertain as the question itself. Well, on this Saturday morning, let's bring in Carlos Cacho, Australian Chief Economist and Banks Analyst at Jardin. And a very good morning to you, Carlos. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it does seem like a lot has been happening. There's been a lot of talk around people having these buffers and it's talked about like it's a widespread phenomenon throughout the country with people who have mortgages. They've got all this buffering behind them. The RBA have talked about the buffers. Inflation is the other driver, of course, coupled with mortgage rate increases. People are in mortgage stress right now just how bad is that situation? Do you think likely to get with the buffers that they're claiming that are there versus people that are running out of money? Look, it's 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 a very um
0: tough question. I think the the challenge is um, while in aggregate we've got these really big buffers. We estimate between extra mortgage repayments and and extra deposits that people have put in their in banks since COVID kicked off. There's over three hundred billion dollars in kind of excess savings or buffers sitting there. The problem is we don't know where those sit. and We don't know, you know, how well equally distributed they are across the economy. And, and what, we don't have data for this, but what I suspect is that a lot of those are sitting with uh, probably a small, relatively smaller portion of households. We also know from the banks, from the own data that they've reported over the last six months, that there's about a third of customers who are two years ahead in repayments. And that's great. You know, obviously those customers are going to be in a much better place to deal with to deal with higher rates but there's also over a third of customers who have less than a who are less than a month ahead in repayments and so they're obviously going to be feeling the pinch from higher rates much much quicker you know in, in most cases they're going to be feeling it all right away and they're going to be seeing their bank accounts now and uh, while some of those customers are you know they've got a reason for not being ahead they might have an investment loan so there's an incentive to not prepay they might only in a fixed loan where there's you know not an ability to prepay but there's still about half of them who are not fixed, or who are not investors, who are not ahead on repayments, and so they're the ones that we worry about, where the, this you know pressure of rising rates is really going to hit their their household budgets very quickly and you know quite hard given the the pace of rate hikes that we're seeing come through at the moment.
1: And just having a look at that one step further, particularly around the repayments and the savings. Of course, banks have the serviceability, and right now that's being pretty much eroded, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so APRA the banking regulator requires banks to assess uh, a customer's ability to repay a loan at a at a higher rate than the the loan will actually be at. So uh, until October last year that rate was about 2.5%. Now it's 3, which means if you're getting a loan with a with a rate of 3%, the bank will will check that you can repay that at 6%. The problem is that we're actually seeing, um, you know, rates are, are probably going to be two and a half or three percent by the end of this year. That the cash rate that is, and so that's going to mean that that entire uh, serviceability buffer, it's is called, is going to be um, is going to be eroded by the end of this year. So instead of having that that flexibility that banks have built into the calculation, um, what it could mean for some households is they actually need to cut down their spending um, towards the level where they they told the banks they were spending. And um, I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners might be familiar with this often. And often, you know, when you get a loan, you don't add up every single dollar that you actually spend, you know, an average week, but you make some assessments and, you know, maybe some weeks you spend a bit more on, on dining out or doing something special, but on average you don't. And so you probably what you're telling the bank you spend is a little bit lower than what you really do spend, uh, you know, in reality. And the challenge that represents is people are going are to have to cut back their spending to be that, you know, in a lot of cases to be that lower level that they actually reported to the banks to, to meet those repayments.
1: Yeah, and having a look at the mortgage default rates, they're starting to rise at the moment. I guess the question here is, and it's a pretty serious one, where do you see that going in the next 12 months? Look, yeah, they, they are starting to creep up a little bit, but it is important to
0: remember we're coming off very, very low levels. Part of the rise is you know, some of these deferrals through COVID, COVID coming off for, for people who maybe um, you know, didn't recover as strongly as others. We do expect, uh, in general, kind of bad debts or, or, or loan defaults to, to pick up over the next two years, uh, but we kind of expect it to rise around about to to average levels. So at the moment, um, if you look across the banks, their bad debts are around about zero point zero two percent of total loans, are, are plus or minus. So some of them actually have still have negative um, bad debt provisions because they're they're able to offset the fat that they built in during covid we see that going up to about um 0.2 so it is going to increase by you know around 10 times but that's still still a fairly low level i think the important thing to remember when it comes to to mortgage defaults is that um you really need unemployment to rise to see that rise materially. What we usually see as the driver of, of loans going bad is it's a change. It's a significant change in circumstances. It's unemployment. It's a it's a death in the family. It's a severe illness. It's something which um, which affects your your ability to earn an income and just potentially having your you know your value of your house go down significantly, mm-hmm. which it, which is likely ahead with rising rates, isn't usually enough to see people default in their loans. And, and historically, what we've seen in Australia. Is people have been pretty good at tightening their belts and keeping on paying the mortgage um, in in rising rate or kind of more challenging economic environments. So we do generally expect that mortgage holders are going to you know make their repayments. It's probably going to mean that they have to cut back in other areas, but we do expect most people will uh, will be able to make it through.
1: And coming back to the banks, what realistically can the banks do to offset potentially a lot of people losing their homes? Now, we are constantly reminded this is a unique set of circumstances for the pandemic that we are all living through. And just last night, I was watching a 60-minute story about young teenage girls getting ticks out of the blue. It's a new phenomenon it's because of the pandemic. So my point is that these are unpredictable times. Therefore, is there a plan that banks could implement? Could they turn to something and think outside the box? Look, I, I think they don't necessarily need to need to think outside the box. We've we've come through
0: COVID over the last two years. And what we saw there is um, you know, the banks really came together as as an industry. Um, you know, Team Australia as we kind of colloquially started calling it. And they offered these repayment deferrals, they offered holidays, you know, they they made it much easier for households who are are impacted to, you know, to not fall behind too bad on their mortgage or to not risk losing their homes. Really, the the last thing the banks want is, um, you know, widespread mortgage defaults that lead to foreclosures and forced sales. Because what we saw and what we've seen in previous um, financial crises globally is that when that happens, the outcomes are a lot worse It takes a lot longer to recover and the realized losses you get on those assets are going to be worse. You know, if you have a lot of people who are forced to sell their home, um, the prices are going to drop further as opposed to if you can, help people get through a challenging, you know, a challenging, hopefully temporary um, uh, period that the outcome is going to be much better both for, for them but also for the bank, you know, in terms of they're not going to have the same losses from those loans. Some of the other things that they can look to do is, you know, what we've seen in the past is um, allowing people to term out their loans. So if, you, if you're, say, down to 20 years or 25 years on a 30-year mortgage, you can term that out to 30 years again, which reduces your repayments. If you're currently paying principal and interest, in some cases the bank might let you switch to interest only for a period, which will again help you meet those repayments. If you do have no choice but to sell um, the bank, you know, maybe I'll kind of help you through that process before. So it's not, you know, not necessarily a forced sale. So I think there are there are ways to get through this. From the bank perspective, they don't actually want, you know, they don't want to foreclose on homes. That's not, a, that's not a good outcome for them. And so um, it's in their interest to actually try and keep people in their homes and, uh, and paying their loans.
1: And it's quite important to be talking to your bank too, because sometimes when the pressure and the pain comes on, people can get very introverted and just go, the walls are closing in on me. But so important to just open up that dialogue with your bank. Yeah, absolutely. If, if people are facing financial difficulties, you know, and you know,
0: economic, uh, financial hardship, um, it's important to kind of, you know, not just your bank, and you know, also there, there are services out there from the government, there are financial counselling agencies, you know, if, if you address the issues early, it's much easier to get through them, you can start making some changes that will make a real difference in time. Whether that's budgeting or potentially consolidating your know, other debts, if, if people have personal or credit card debts, which are obviously much higher interest rates, or you know, even if it comes down to it, uh, looking at potentially selling an asset like you know an investment property uh, to try and kind of get your position into into a better into a better spot. So I think it's it's really important that people are realistic and and look at look at those op- options. If rates do go up to three percent, as um as I think is kind of broadly the expectation at the moment by the end of the year, which means for your average owner occupier, you're, you're looking at a mortgage rate of around five and a half percent. You know, it's to look at your finances and think about um you know can you afford it, and what do you what changes do you potentially need to make to your lifestyle, and to your spending, to to afford those payments. Um, we're hopeful that. Know we will be seeing cuts from the RBA at the second half of next year. So it is going to be hopefully a temporary uh, temporary period as long as inflation comes down. The earlier you can realistically assess your situation and start getting some assistance, the better the outcomes are going to be.
1: Carlos, great to talk to you on this Saturday morning. Plenty of takeaway points, and thanks for coming on to the real estate podcast. Thanks for having me today.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The real estate podcast.